Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 97, Pete and Tom Do Disney. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Tom. Pete, how are you doing? These, uh, these episodes are coming more often now, the going to Disney type episodes. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop and men, let's do Disney. I'm depressed right now. There's nothing worse. I mean, there probably there no. There are things worse, but it's tough coming back from a Disney trip, especially knowing this is going to be my last one for a while. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to rub it in, but uh, I'm going back <laughs> next weekend. Yeah. Well, you've also got what three more trips planned between now and the end of the year. So yeah, we've got. I mean, I think we've mentioned. I've mentioned it on here, but we want to use the annual passes, so. We're, instead of taking a, I guess, more formal vacation, it's just a bunch of mini trips to Disney World with a, with one week-long trip, I guess, planned there at the end. It, it, it pays to have very, very cheap flights and a, and a not-too-terrible-of-a-drive, rather, out of uh, you know the area we live. Yep, nothing wrong with that. All right, well, we're going to talk about our most recent trip. We saw some things, did some things. It was a good trip. Before we get into that, uh, news for this week, Tom? Yeah, this, is, uh, this theme is becoming all too familiar I'll go ahead and dive right into the news. There's more cuts coming to Disney World, and there are a few that I'm adamantly against. I'm going to start with the one that that I think is one of the more successful shows at Disney. The Mariachi Cobra Presents The Story of Coco will be cut this fall. That's ridiculous. Uh, I believe the last show will happen on September 28th. So that is today. We're recording on Saturday, September 28th. So by the time this release is Tuesday, it will... uh, It'll be no more of the story of Coco. It'll just be the standard set of the mariachi band. I don't, I mean, I understand what Disney's doing here. They're trying to save some money and they've obviously put themselves in a, in a predicament, but you can't sacrifice guest experience and, and some of this stuff, you know, and we're going to talk about it in the episode, but this, no matter what's going on at Epcot, this is a show that always has a really big crowd and we stopped and watched and it's a really, it's a really well put together show. Uh, so that's the first budget, uh, first cut that's happening at Epcot. The other one, the uh, Jammeters. So if you if you get to Epcot uh, at opening, there's a show, and, and the Jammeters is the band. They play on like trash cans. It, it, they're really it's a really fun show. They interact with the crowd really well. Uh, they that will be um, downsized. So beginning September 29th, two of Epcot, and the other one is the the drummers in in Japan, and we'll get to that one. But beginning tw- uh, September 29th. Uh, two of Epcot's uh, entertainment offerings are going to get downsized and will reduced to show times only five days a week. So starting next week, the Jammeters, as I've already mentioned, that will, that perform daily in Future World, will be cut to five days a week. And then the drummers in Japan and the World Showcase will only perform on Thursdays through Mondays, which is probably the best time to have them perform. But again, this is another show that we talk about it. If you if you just hear it and, you, and you're in the vicinity of Japan, you get sucked in and watch it because it's a really good show. And it's fun, and in that area in general can hold a massive crowd, and they usually have a big crowd. And so those are two more budget cuts that have happened in Epcot. Uh, I guess three in total, which I do not agree with, and I think Disney's going to shoot themselves in the foot here with what they're trying to do. Uh, staying in Epcot, there is a, I guess, bittersweet time. Illuminations obviously does end on September thirtieth. So again, by the time this episode releases, that will be uh, that'll be it for Illuminations. And we have seen the behind-the-scenes video for Epcot forever. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, that'll begin on uh, October 1st. And 
the, the video I watched looked pretty good. Uh, they have a new soundtrack and new special effects that'll be part of the upcoming show. I think we've mentioned Illumination is probably a little underappreciated because it's been around for so long. And we we didn't watch it on our last trip, and, and we'll talk about that and why we didn't do it, but this is kind of bittersweet news. Maybe not quite as bittersweet as the great movie ride closing, but bittersweet nonetheless. Going over to Hollywood Studios, the Maleficent sneak peek uh, preview is coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, it'll be it'll begin airing September 27th, ahead of the movie's October 18th debut, so that's already started. And that is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. That is the name of the film. Angelina Jolie obviously plays Maleficent. I thought the first one was well done, and I think I think I'm more excited for this one because it's not a redo of a movie that we've already seen. You know, this is a new movie, so that's exciting. Animal Kingdom takes us to additional budget cuts. I I don't want to butcher this, but I I might the Harambe Village musicians Barutica. Pete, did I say that? Okay, we're going to go no, with that. No, no clue. We're going to go with it. Uh, they have not renewed their contract with Disney. And so their last day in the park will be October 13th, 2019. The final show will happen at 6.30 p.m. on that date. Uh, Disney's not officially announced this, but their calendar does uh, exclude them from performances beyond October 13th, which all but confirms that Disney has cut another show, and that would be the musical Village Musicians, rather, Barutica. In, uh, in Harambe's Village. Uh, moving over to the last piece of news. Well, I guess two pieces of news here. Automated photo pass cameras have been installed around Walt Disney World. And if you are catching the drift of what I'm putting down here, you're going to see photo pass photographers cut. I don't think it'll be in its entirety, but they are putting automated photo pass cameras around. Uh, a few of the locations that we've seen them become permanent now are Darth Vader's meet and greet at Star Wars Launch Bay. Chewbacca's meet and greet at Star Wars Launch Bay, Mickey and Minnie meet and greet in the Town Square Theater, Anna and Elsa at the Royal Summer House, and Princess Fairytale Hall. And I've seen some rumblings of some people trying to get boycotts together of these photo spot locations to uh, to try to force Disney to bring humans back into this. You know, th- here's the thing. I have seen petitions through social media, and a ton of people are signing them, and Disney's undervaluing what the photo pass photographers bring to the experience oftentimes they are very creative in getting kids attention they can help calm the situation down they can make a magical moment which which disney world is is known for i have read countless stories of photo pass photographers sharing events you know whether it be a kid that you know maybe has some special needs or challenges and they're trained and know how to do the be- they'll do the best they can to get the picture this, to me, feels like a transaction more than an experience. You go up and an automated a camera just clicks and then you move on. Whereas the PhotoPass photographer will do the best they can within reason and, and time uh, sensitive to get a really good photo for you and your family. This, again, is as an annual pass holder who I don't really, I guess I don't shout from the rooftops that I think PhotoPass is worth it. We use it now that we can. So, I don't know. This is, again... I worry that Disney is sacrificing the park park experience in an effort to save money while also raising the price. If you're raising the price for admission, in my opinion, the park experience should be better. Not You shouldn't be losing things that typically came with admission because, quite frankly, some people go in Disney World not to ride the attractions. I mean, right now, Epcot is loaded with food and wine. They may not have any desire to leave the World Showcase, but now you've taken multiple sh- two shows out of the World Showcase that they could watch. I mean, it just... It's mind-boggling, and we try not to be overly critical unless it's necessary. 
I think this is necessary. I think Disney's making mistakes right now. And that's it. That's it for the news. I'm off my soapbox, Pete. If you have anything you want to add, I guess the last thing I will add is the Skyliner has uh, started with cast member previews and annual pass previews. There are videos online. What I've heard as far as temperature is it stays roughly the same temperature of what it is outside, but you do have a breeze. Uh, right now, Florida's been anywhere from 85 to 95 degrees, and people have taken digital, uh, I guess, thermometers or, or to, to gauge the weather. And, and actually, I'll correct you on that. By the time this releases, it will be officially open. It will be. Yes, you're correct. Yes. So today it's not officially open. Tomorrow it will be. So very good correction. But, you know, I will write it in person in uh, just a week and I will report back. I am generally somebody who I can sweat in an ice storm. So I'm sure I'll be hot in the Skyliners. The only complaint I've heard is when they do stop, uh, when they have to stop on the line, it gets hot. But so far, it's been like three to five minute stops at the most. And you can choose to open or close the ventilation system. And it's pretty, I mean, it's breezy. The videos I've seen, there's there's a, a consistent breeze blowing through. We'll see. Which hat are you going to eat? You, you you swore up and down that Disney wasn't going to be able to, oh, uh, man, to run these things without this. some kind of air conditioning. I'm going to buy a brand new hat because I don't want a hat that I've worn and sweat in somewhere. I don't want to have to eat that. <laughs> I'm going to buy the world's smallest hat that also is maybe chocolate or something like that. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Alright, well let's get rolling on our trip. Tom got in Thursday night. You actually were there Thursday afternoon. Yeah, we can we can, drove in. We can uh, start with that. I don't know. Did we mention we probably hadn't mentioned this on a podcast. So, we'll we'll start with Thursday and then talk about some of the decisions we made, like one of the purchases you made to to uh, impact the trip, but got there Thursday afternoon. Uh, I was in Hollywood Studios by 5:30ish, something like that. Uh, yep. So, I was I was solo and I don't know what was going on this this particular Thursday afternoon, but I the fast pass line was longer than the standby line for Tower of Terror. Which I did have a fast pass for, so that's why I went through it. But uh, hopped on Tower of Terror and and uh, called Pete and kind of bragged because he was sitting at the airport and and did um, you know spent a ton of time relaxing in Hollywood Studios, which is unlike Pete and I. I went over to the Baseline Tap House and sat outside. There was a really nice breeze. Uh, ordered a drink there and just kind of people watched for a little bit, and then let myself get completely lost in Galaxy's Edge. I don't want to. We'll, 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 we'll talk about yeah. Galaxy's let's talk Edge. about that in a minute. Uh, but then, uh, you know, pretty pretty short time in Hollywood Studios because I I, w- I couldn't help myself but go get a lobster roll and try to jet over to Epcot. So I drove over to Epcot and did 
I was literally in there for an hour. I, I mainly went in to scan, to scan myself in Epcot because I'm trying to get four entries for the food and wine to get the coasters, the wooden coasters they give annual pass holders. But uh, while I was in, I figured, why not make my way to China to get the Tipsy Ducks, which they were sold out of, and make my way to the American Pavilion and get a lobster roll kind of for dinner. And so uh, then met up with Pete. We did a little uh, yeah, and Disney Springs Went Spring over to action. Disney Springs. Yeah. Yeah. Had had dinner at Deluxe Burger, which, you know, not super impressed with. It was okay. Yeah. It's it's by far the, I think I've pumped Deluxe Burger up quite a bit on this. It's by far the worst experience I've had there from a, the fries were fantastic. The burgers were fries, so Fries were excellent. The, I thought the milkshake we had was very good. It was a smoky bourbon milkshake. I thought it was good, but burgers were just so-so. Now, it was reasonably priced. We got some kind of two-for-one deal, so I, I felt like that's worth mentioning is that uh, they, they do have some kind of deals where you buy a couple burgers and a fries and a couple drinks, and it, it actually came out to be one of the more reasonably priced meals that uh, that I had all weekend. If you take the drinks off of it, it would have been about 15 a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we wanted, the, we wanted the drinks. That was... You know, we decided we were going to do that anyway, but yeah, I mean, it, it was good. I think they thought Pete and I were on a, a date because they brought one tray with all our food on it. So that was <laughs> funny. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I thought the milkshake was okay. I think Pete liked it a little more than I did. Then we it had a it had a very large piece of bacon in it, which it did which sealed the deal for me. And then we made our way over to uh, Raglan Road, actually. And I guess we, now was that your first time in Raglan Road? Yeah, first time entering, which I we had somewhere to be, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I, I loved it. I could have sat in there for a while. They had they had live music inside. I have been outside in Raglan Road. I've never been inside. Very reminiscent of the the pub at the UK Pavilion at yes. uh, at, it's much at Epcot, bigger. right? Much much bigger. I mean, much more space, much more going on. They have two bars, and they also have the best bread pudding at Disney World. I've heard, and, and you know, I thought it was. It, the two bars thing is interesting to me because we walked in and, and I think one of us said, hey, we're just coming in for the bar. And she said, well, there's bars on the right and left. Take, you know, find a seat and enjoy. And that's nice to be able to walk up. We walked right up and there were a lot of people in there, but it, but it, it didn't feel overcrowded. And and it was a Thursday night too, right? So true. it wasn't it wasn't a weekend. And uh, as we've mentioned, you can get to-go drinks at Disney Springs. And they'll, you just tell them, hey, I'm just coming here to get a to-go drink and walk around and they'll make them in a plastic cup or think we had a, a plastic cup and then you roll on out of there so went over to the void from there and and did the uh we had done secrets of the empire which is the the star wars vr so we decided hey we're we're going to do the wreck at ralph ralph breaks vr is that what it is it's something like that which which i liked a lot i i uh exact same experience as star wars but wreck it ralph themed instead of star wars themed right i mean so obviously there's not stormtroopers but very same overall experience, but but still worth it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so maybe because I was more of a quote-unquote pro this time, I liked this one more. I thought the folks we went with were, I'm trying to, how do I put this correctly? When we went on the first Mendu Disney trip, we all had indulged quite a bit before going to the VR experience. It wasn't the first one that we did this on, but the last one. And we were a little more wild in it. And this one was more like on the right, on the left, shoot on the right. I mean, we were kind of strategically knocking this thing out. I think I still, it blows my mind how they make you feel like you're actually there. You know, and of course I lifted my goggles up again just to look and you're just, you're standing in the course, but it was really, really, the the graphics are awesome. 
the responsiveness from you do use a a little gun. The responsiveness of the gun is it works really well. Where you aim it is where you shoot it. I mean, I, I think that's one of the the cooler parts about it. And I like this one better personally, but I'd have to now go back and do the Star Wars one and then compare them. Yeah. No, I thought this was really good. Either either one, I would say, is worth doing. If you're a Star Wars fan, I think you do the Star Wars one. If it doesn't matter to you, I think you do the Ralph one over the Star Wars. And just because Star Wars is is live action, right? I mean, the VR captures that, but it doesn't capture it quite as it, you know. It, it doesn't look exactly like real life. Whereas the Ralph, it's wholly believable that you're in this VR world with you know you're in the world of Wreck It Ralph. I think that's a great. That makes great sense. Point. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So, so anyway, yeah, it, it was good. You know, I would recommend not making the last reservation of the evening. They they were not pleased at us. I don't think. Which I mean, listen, I, I don't think they. I don't think they minded. I thought, but I thought the. I think I can't remember. Was her name Maggie? I can't remember what her name was. She was. She was actually. She was great, but you could tell the other ones. I mean, listen, they want to go home, and I and I get that. We did this out of necessity due to Pete's flight. We had, if, in case of a delay, we had to make sure that. That we could get in, and Pete had to eat dinner when he got there. So I mean, we we really didn't we didn't waste a lot of time once you arrived. It was you get to the hotel, we we drive over to Disney Springs. I would say don't do the last reservation for one for that reason. It is more considerate, but two, by the time you get out, Disney Springs on is pretty much closed. You know, World exactly. of Disney was open, but but we didn't do that uh, this trip, uh, which was, we had some some Disney cast members with us, so that you know I, we didn't want to drag them through that store. But yeah, overall it was. I, I had a, a blast, and then it was time to get ready for uh, for day for day two, I guess, or day one and a half. Early, early day at uh, Animal Kingdom the next morning. Extra Magic Hours started at seven. Tom, this park was as empty at seven o'clock during Extra Magic Hours as I've ever seen it. Now, granted, there was a rush to to Pandora and to Flight of Passage, which you would expect. We we got there what quarter to seven, ten to seven, something like that. I mean, we pretty much walked up and walked right into the park. Yeah, we, we kept it moving. Uh, one thing I, I will say, if you are staying at a good neighbor hotel, don't stress if you can't get everybody's name linked. Uh, of course, if it's within 30 days and the fast pass is already done. Because we were stressed about the extra magic hours because only my name is linked. But they give you cards and it's seamless. I mean, Disney looks at them. They, okay, have fun. Uh, so we, yeah, to Pete's point, we walked right up. There was a mad dash. I think we tweeted out some pictures. But the entirety of that crowd went to Pandora and then stayed in Pandora. You know, Pete mm-hmm. and I, we probably waited... 15 20 minutes tops for, and for flight keep of passage in mind, yeah. that includes like the pre-show so we really we the line kept moving pretty pretty consistently and then because we were back there and neither of us had done navi river journey in a little while we're like well we might as well you know that was walk on it's still terrible it's not even worth walking on it was not it was not good you know you think of navi river journey and the technology in there and and this was the comment that i think i made to tom is if if they could take this scenery and this technology and apply it to something like Splash Mountain. Imagine what Splash Mountain would be like with the Navi River Journey animatronics and the projections and the scenery. Like that ride would be incredible. But instead, we've got it wasted on Navi River Journey. The ride's terrible. If Joe Rody listens, that ride's terrible. It, it, it's not. It's not good. It's just you get off it and you're left wanting more, right? You're wanting there to be some something to the ride and there's not anything. But I feel like we've harped on that enough. I just want to remind everyone that even even for a walk on, it's not worth it. No, I, I I agree. But but then went over to Expedition Everest and seven times in a row, eight <laughs> times in a row. The day got ridiculous. It is very close to eight a.m. We walk right on. We have a fast pass, uh, but we don't use it. We walk right on Expedition Everest. 
I think we requested the back row. Get it? No. Matter of fact, they said the first time, sit whatever row you want to sit in. That's how dead it was. There was no one there. So we sit back row, sit back row again. Then we sit front row to compare the two. And then we sit middle. And then we sit middle. And, and it's just seven. Our photo pass is just me and Pete and I just riding Expedition Everest. Then we decide to use our fast pass when it's like an eight-minute wait because why not? <laughs> Never rode single rider one time because we didn't have to. And this was probably the highlight of my day aside from when we get later into the evening. I mean, this that's a really, really fun roller coaster. And to ride it, I mean, it was – on average, six minutes between getting getting on and then getting back on, if that gives you a g- general idea. It was crazy. And Pete, not where was the best place to sit? I would I would say that the back, all the way in the back, I think was was the best place to sit. I, I think you feel the most. Now, you get the best views if you're trying to look at other parks, if you're trying to see what's going on at the very front. I think you get the best views. But yeah, I think I think we both agree that the back was was where it's at. On that roller coaster. Only the best best part. Pete's dead on. If you sit front row, when you are doing the initial climb, and then when you get to the track, the broken track, you can see Hollywood Studios and Epcot. If you sit in the back row, you don't have that luxury. And and, and even the, during the backwards part, I mean, the back row is still pretty sweet when you go backwards. And then obviously the big drop, the back row is significantly better than the front row. The middle wasn't bad. I mean, if most people want to wait for the back or front, so you're going to get slotted somewhere in the middle and you're going to have a great ride experience. But I, I joked with Pete at one point and said, do you want to ride in every row? Because I, I think- we And we came close. I think we could have yeah, ridden- Yeah, we, we came close. In every row. We did have an early Kilimanjaro safaris after that. That was, I mean, that was awesome. It was what, 8.15 or something like that. I think we went over there about 8.45, close to nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that was a perfect time to ride Kilimanjaro Safaris. All the animals were out. We saw, I mean, we saw literally everything. And, and even animals like the lions were, were out. I mean, there was a lion sitting where I've never seen a lion sit before. Yeah, right on, uh, I think it's their version of Pride Rock. But I mean, it was the male lion. He was awake, sitting straight up. She, uh, let, let's give a, a Disney shout out to the woman who drove us through Kilimanjaro. She had to come from Jungle Cruise because she was absolutely hysterical. And I don't know that everyone was appreciating how good she was at her job. You know, it's one of those things you have to do Kilimanjaro and have some not so great drivers to appreciate that. She was fantastic and I overhyped things quite a bit, but she might have been the best driver I've ever had on Kilimanjaro. You know, since they've kind of redone the story. Yeah, she was very good. She uh, a lot of knowledge about the animals, but also spun some humor into it too, which is, which is ideal for that ride. And did a really good job of I mean, she mentioned everyone get your cameras out. The lion is never sitting here, and I'm going to stop and make sure get all the pictures you need. I know they try to do that within reason, and I, I think in her radio they noticed a lot of cars were stopping there, and so she had time. But it was yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, we Pete's right. We saw every animal. There wasn't a bad seat in the house. It wasn't like everything on the left was there, everything on the right. We saw every animal that, that they want you to see. Mm-hmm. So at, at this point, I kind of want to make our first little detour into. Uh one of the main points I want to hit on this episode, and that's we went over to Dinoland USA at this point. With an effort to actually mess around and play the carnival games. For one, it's not it's not apparent where you buy the tickets to play. The, I know where it is. Like, I know where it is. But, it, but even me knowing where it was, I was like, Pete, I can't even find the place right now. So it's been a long time since since I've walked through there. I've skipped Dinosaur the last couple of times that I was at Animal Kingdom for various reasons, but... I mean, first impression walking into Dinoland USA, it's got awful. I don't know where I have looked or walked to get to Dinosaur. And maybe it's because it was early in the morning. I wanted to play the basketball game. There weren't game. a lot of people. I couldn't find my, I couldn't find the place to buy the tickets. I mean, I had, I had cash ready. 
and I, it was it's a parking lot and it's literally it's literally a parking lot and please tweet us or email us if it is themed to be a parking lot because i told pete it is a, a carnival maybe this is like supposedly the theme but even if it is like it doesn't look good you know do something with the I mean, ground you can you can still see the lines from where the cars park yeah it's it, and it just felt kind of run down and i I mean, it, I know I know. there's something coming here. I, there's no way that they're not going to redo this land. Don't know what it's going to be, but I think something does pop up there. Well, especially with Primeval World now going to seasonal operation. They have to, right? But I, I mean, even – and maybe it's, maybe it's compounded with the fact that we can give our opinion on Dinosaur now too. Maybe that's what made us just really not enjoy our time in Dino Land. But the, or the warm baked cookie that was cold. I mean <laughs> – We did. We stopped and got – Our breakfast, basically. Our, our breakfast, and we got warm baked cookies, and they were definitely not warm nor fresh baked. I mean, they were in the fridge from the night before. No, no doubt about it. But, but dinosaur, going going back to what you were talking about, I was really disappointed in dinosaur, and and I don't know why. I feel like dinosaur was a scary ride when I was younger, and and I know that part of this is me being smaller and riding dinosaur and everything looking more realistic. But just something like you know the climax of the whole ride, right, where they take the ride photo. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You're sitting there. It's dark. All of a sudden, there's a Carnotaurus right there. Ah, it's scary. They take your picture. You could see that coming from 20 feet in front of it. I mean, it was all lit up. Like, where's where's the surprise? Where's the... But there's a there's a few that, that where there were jump factors. I mean, the pterodactyl was a jump factor at one point. You know, where he where, where you go down and the pterodactyl is kind of right at your head? I, that one you could see. I mean, and I know that we've talked about that they had to light up this this attraction a little bit more. I've ridden it more recently than Pete, so it, it looked like I thought it would look. I think Pete was a little more surprised than I was with, you know, the, the ride itself and the, I guess the technology in it is still pretty good, and I wish it was an Indiana Jones ride, but you're right. The, the jump factor and the scare factor is not there at all. And you're probably right. It's probably been six years since I've, since I've ridden Dinosaur at this point, but... I, I just remember it being a much better ride. So my opinion, they just need to demolish this whole area. Just get rid of Dinoland USA altogether. In the moment, and I don't know if Pete, Pete, Pete said in the moment that he would prefer there be nothing there than what's there today. Yeah. Because he thought it really created a negative experience for the park goers. And maybe it's, a, maybe it's a crowd sponge, right? Maybe, I mean, people go in there and play carnival games at Disney World. I sincerely doubt that. And we were only going to do it kind of as a joke and because we were waiting for our fast pass. It was like one of those things. Yeah, we had 30 minutes to kill before our fast pass. And then we just ended up just walking around and laughing at Dino Land. And, and again, I don't want to be overly critical. I think for the most part, we're really positive. But this is something that I just, we're giving you our honest opinion. If you're going to Disney World and, and it's the first time or a repeat trip, I would not plan to spend a lot of time in Dino Land. I know the Boneyard is great for kids. We did not go there, obviously, but... That that may be great, but the carnival games and that whole area just feels. And then with Primeval World not even running, maybe that's what. May, I don't know. Maybe because that ride wasn't running. I I don't know. It was sad. It was sad. It just needs to be gone at this point. But anyway, on to happier things. At this point, we were we were done with Animal Kingdom. It was what eleven o'clock. We went over to Satuli Canteen, and observation about Satuli Canteen: I've only ever eaten the the beef before. I, I got the the combination bowl this time, which Tom recommended. The chicken is better than the beef. I'm I'm 100 sold on the chicken, and, and Tom actually got shrimp and chicken, right? No, actually, I, so I sub the I sub my chicken out for shrimp, but then so you got shrimp and beef. But yeah, but then and, and that's no extra charge if you want to do that. They have a shrimp bowl, but I didn't just want shrimp. 
Uh, the shrimp are spicy. I'll give you that that warning. Uh, not I'm not a I'm not a big spice guy, so maybe it's just spicy to me. But uh, I wish I would have subbed the beef for the chicken. I still would have paid the same combination plate price because you see the guy, you can smell it smoking the chicken right there in the restaurant. I don't know how I missed it. And Pete pointed him out afterwards and said, that's why, look, this guy's smoking the chicken right here. And I, again, first time having the chicken for me, I like the chicken more than the beef. Yeah. One one observation that I don't think we've highlighted, I know, I know I've eaten there on, on a dining plan before and I've eaten there, I've, I think I've paid to eat there. It's, it's kind of expensive. I mean, it's... Eight, yeah, it's it's eighteen dollars, nineteen twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it while it is a quick service, and I do still stand by, it's the best quick service at Disney World. Get prepared to pay if you. And the combination plate's more expensive than what the other ones are, but twenty bucks. Uh, I I got plus the, plus you get a beer with that. It, yeah, it gets up there. I think I got the noodles as my side, and you got the what'd you get? The you? hash. Yeah, and, and I mean I, I think the noodles are fantastic. Pete thinks the I mean I like the ha- I like the. Sweet and red potato hash. I really so. don't think you can go wrong with most things on that menu. I don't personally like those cheeseburger pods, but they are a massive hit and people order them all over the place. It tastes like a double cheeseburger from McDonald's to me. And and I just don't want McDonald's, I guess, when I'm sitting in Disney World. But yeah, that was that was Animal Kingdom in it. I mean, that was you know, we got there at six. I mean it was six, it was eleven, eleven thirty. Yeah. I mean, we ate lunch at eleven o'clock, I feel like. Matter of fact, I tweeted, I think it was ten fifty seven, because I was like, We're eating an early lunch, a very early lunch. <laughs> But you keep in mind we've been up since five forty five, so correct. I mean, at that point you're you're kind of in that uh, you're in that lunch time frame. So at this point we went our separate ways, pretty much. I mean, went I, our separate ways. I took Tom you to Hollywood me Studios off and I went back Hollywood Studios. I had some uh, some work things to knock out and met back up with Pete later. Look, I had a great time at Hollywood Studios by myself. Did Slinky Dog a couple times, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, knocked out the entire park. Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon did spend a whole lot of time in uh, in Galaxy's Edge, and I think that's where I want to spend the bulk of our time talking about this because I I think you know this was Tom's first time obviously Thursday night and then again Friday night in Galaxy's Edge. This was my first time in Galaxy's Edge. First impression of Galaxy's Edge. What what do you think? And and keep in mind keep in mind. So I had a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash. My plan was to ride Slinky Dog Dash go in the back way of Galaxy's Edge through Toy Story Land. Tom discouraged me from doing that, which I'm I'm glad he did. So I actually ended up going in through the through the front entrance of Galaxy's Edge as did Tom. Yeah, I mean if the only the only way I can describe it is if you think, well I guess if you've been to Disney here's how I'll describe it. If you think Pandora is immersive, you haven't seen anything yet. Galaxy's Edge absolutely smashes it from a sheer size standpoint, from things to do, things to see, things to interact with. It's otherworldly as it's supposed to be it is all that it's cracked up to be from a visual standpoint and a disney uh, you know sightline standpoint there is nothing more impressive in disney world visually than the millennium falcon and i maybe 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 from a wow well from a wow standpoint i mean obviously the word that i that i want to use to describe galaxy's edge is is alive and i know that's something that disney has harped on but it, it really does feel alive Right, I mean, you've got the sounds, you've got the sights. I don't know if I smelled any smells. Maybe there were a couple, but it, it feels more alive than anywhere else at any other park I've ever been to. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I don't even know how to. It is so large. I don't even know how to break it down. Like in, in Pandora, I can break it down from Navi River Journey, Flight of Passage, Chatuli, Floating Mountains. I don't even know how you attack Galaxy's Edge. Well, and and Tom, you you called me and you were lost. 
So here's you were trying thing. to get to Ogus Cantina. The, 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 the signage is in a different language. And I'm I'm not even kidding you. I called my wife and told her this because she always says it, it. She complains at how well I know Disney World because I'm like always the most most efficient route, and I always I I seriously was lost to get back out. It was like oh, I guess I walk this direction or this direction, or there's a market that, that can be kind of confusing. The only way I found Ogas was because there was a sign in English that said Ogas Q ends here, <laughs> so I, that's how I knew at least I was relatively close. But it's it's ridiculous. The cast members are ridiculously in character. You know, stormtroopers are walking around everywhere. You've got Chewbacca walking around everywhere. We had a, a very interesting interaction with Chewbacca. Right outside the Falcon. Right outside the He was doing some work on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. Do you want to start by, let, let's go, let's let's knock out Millennium, let's knock out Galaxy, or uh, Smuggler's Run and then. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run. You And you wrote it before I did. Yep. Now, I wrote it. I wrote it three times, and I was all three positions that you, that you could be. I was a pilot, I was a gunner, and I was an engineer. By far, being a pilot is the, is the most fun. Yeah, so I, I agree. I, I did engineer and pilot, never did gunner. Uh, I only wrote it twice. But I think the pilot is not only the most fun, but it's the most important. It is the most important. And it's, and it's very frustrating to your ride experience if you get a pilot or pilots that don't know what they're doing. And this is unique in a Disney ride in, in that sense that what other people are doing directly impacts your ride. Now, I'm not saying that you can't still have a, a good ride and it's not a, it's not a fun ride if you have bad pilots. But having good pilots really makes your job more interesting and more fun. So here... Here's at first, so I, I I can I'll just give my first first time riding it. We had two very young we I, I was a single rider. I had two very young kids. Well, two very young kids all the attraction, but one really young one being the pilot, and the mother was also a pilot. And instead of piloting, she wanted to take videos of her kids doing it, and I get that. And instead of the kid pilot, they, you know, little little one didn't really know what they were doing, so. Our ride was very bumpy, and as an engineer, I was very busy, which pulls away from, as an engineer, you actually have to look left at the, at the buttons or things you need to press. You, you, it, it pulls away from you being able to watch the attraction, whereas the gunner can continue to look forward and hit their gunning button, and the pilot is looking forward with the whole dashboard in front of them. And at first, I told Pete, I never want to ride it again with pilots who don't know what they're doing. And then I realized, no, that's the wrong way to look at this, because as a kid, all I would want to be was be the pilot, and I'd probably be terrible at it. I think Disney has they they need to figure out a difficulty level or something because it's not fair to it's not fair to the kids to not be able to success because they do say like oh you've crashed it you know we'll we'll autopilot you in that's not fair either I mean the kids then don't get to fly it now maybe they don't know if they're flying or not flying but there has to be some sort of setting where it's not a where the kid doesn't enjoy it or, or, or like you can't you can't put the kid in a position where. If they don't do it perfectly, you're going to have a miserable experience. That's not fun because you're waiting 45 minutes. And, and I wouldn't say it's a miserable experience, right? It's just not. Pete, my my first time was rough. Now, I scored 100% as an engineer, which I did take pride in, but I missed so much of what I saw as a pilot. Well, and like you said, as an engineer, you're, you you don't get to see a whole lot of the ride because you're constantly facing sideways to, to look at what buttons you have to press. Right. But you're busy, right? I mean, if you have bad pilots, you, you are really busy. A gunner, I mean, the gunner, I would, I would argue that the gunner is the, is, is what I would want to do the least because you literally just hold down a button. Or maybe, or maybe you change, maybe you change the height requirement. If you're a pilot, you have to be this tall. If you're a gunner, maybe that's the way you combat it. I, I don't know. But overall impression, impression of the ride. I mean, visually, it, it's okay. Visually, right? it's I mean, way it's, better. 
then Star Tours, Mission Space. I mean, visually, but is it, but is it something? Is it something that is it something that you would label as a can't miss? If you've got, say, you've got two days at Disney World and you can ride ten rides, is that in your top ten? Is that in your top five? Where, where does where does probably it slide? not? But visually, it's just as good as Flight of Passage. It's an impressive ride. It's an, and and look, if you're a Star Wars fan, there's nothing like like flying the Falcon, right? But it's not one of the better rides at Disney World. I mean, it's it's a good ride, but it's just okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've I think we have measured expectations here pretty well. And I don't want to I don't want to bash it because it is a good ride. Okay, but maybe okay. Is Galaxy's Edge just so impressive that it makes that not a must do in, inside of Galaxy's Edge? I could uh, yes because ga- there's so many other things I could do in Galaxy's Edge and be totally content. Now my wife and I are yeah, going I- next week. We will ride it. We'll wait standby and ride it together. But we also have an Ogus you know reservation that we're we're trying to get a second one. I mean, so yeah, I don't I don't want to give the wrong impression because it is a good ride. And if the if the wait is thirty or thirty five minutes, or f- even forty minutes, it's worth it. You can get on much quicker single rider. It's worth that wait. If they start adding in fast pass and the line gets up to an hour and a half, two hours, you know, at that point. You really start thinking about it, but I would say it's it's a can't miss once. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's something I'd want to do over and over and over again, unless you were with the same six people and you knew what you were doing. Because we did go with a group of of six people, all of us kind of knew what we were doing, and we had a pretty successful flight. Yeah, within re, I mean, I think we all picked, and you still had myself as a first time pilot, and there's a learning curve a little bit to it. Uh, and our buddy who went first time, he was a pilot. He, the funny thing is, he's a pilot in real life too. But yeah, it was. I thought uh, overall it's a great attraction. It's a it's well it's a fun attraction. It's a really fun attraction. It's a fun attraction. Yeah. We're all waiting for for Rise of the Resistance. I think even is, the is cast how we can say it. We talked to them about it. We we did, and and I will say that there is there's no cooler feeling if you're the right hand pilot than pulling the lever to uh, to go into hyperspace. Yeah, I, I fortunately pretty, landed pretty that, awesome. and that was a, a cool a cool job. Got to do that twice on our on our on our uh, trek, and that was definitely to have the control of that is neat. So that's Smuggler's Run. I mean, again, good ride. The Falcon itself, which sits outside of Smuggler's Run, is you know we've seen pictures of it. Every everybody that goes to Galaxy's Edge post pictures of the Falcon. Tom, when you saw it, I mean, you called me and said, this thing is monstrous. And I don't think I had an idea of the scope of how big this thing was either. It, it's huge. I would love to know how long it is because I think if you stood it up, it'd be almost as, I don't know if it's almost as tall as Tower of Terror, but it's huge. It's it's large. It's large. And there's a lot to look at. And like Tom said, we were standing outside. Chewie came over to do some maintenance and, and we had a little uh, little encounter with, with Chewbacca out, outside of the Falcon. Yes. Uh, during what one of our buddies insulted their uh, their native beverages. Uh, I, I, I walked away <laughs> when that Batu. happened because I didn't want to. We had had quite a few of their native beverages, so I didn't want somebody to say something stupid. So I, I walked away before I got looped in with that. And, for, and of course, we didn't. But um, let's talk about let's talk about their beverages. I guess that's a good segue. So the the milk stand first. You have more you? experience in the, the milk stand than I do. So I'm going to let you take this one. Now, did you try the green and the blue? I did not. I just, okay, so I, I just had the. What, the blue, did, what right? did you have when I first saw it? If, I had I had the green. Okay, so I took a sip of that one, but I but I had a full drink of the blue. Blue one. Yeah. Okay, so blue milk, green milk. They're both overpriced. I I thoroughly enjoyed the blue milk. Now I didn't get a blue milk without rum, so I don't know what it tastes like without rum in it. But I thoroughly enjoyed the blue milk with rum. Like it's something that I would go back and and drink again. Not a, not a big fan of the uh, of the green milk at all. I think something about being in Galaxy's Edge and drinking it makes you want to drink the blue milk or, or the green milk, whatever. The, the green milk has tequila in it. Uh, as a side note, if you if you do like tequila, 
I don't know that I would say it's like it's good. It's more it's to me it's more about being a part of Galaxy's Edge and drinking it and I drank a lot of blue milk. I probably had five or six blue milks. Yeah, I mean I would not do that. I would not drink that many, but So the blue what impression of the blue milk? Thicker than than I thought, I think. Yeah, definitely thicker than I thought. I mean like Almost like kind of yogurt. fruity tasting, yeah, almost like yogurt, but not quite there. But like a liquidy yogurt, I I can't describe it. There's it's kind of chunky. Split your first one in, until you know if you're gonna like it or not. And and I'll tell you, they make it with mobile ordering there now. It's way too easy to 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 order them and just slam them back. Don't even don't even see how much you spent. I mean, it's bad, yeah. And we mobile ordered them and kept on moving around Galaxy's Edge. I guess at, the, at this point, Galaxy's Edge was it was turning from day to night, which was also cool to see everything lit up. The cast members will brag that that's the best time to be in Galaxy's Edge. And Pete took the record for the most blue milks drank in our group. We also we also spent some time at Oga's, and, and you went into Oga's Thursday night and again on Friday night with the group. And then I went in Friday afternoon and again Friday night. Impressions of Oga's. It's a must-do. It, it's amazing. Even right? if you don't, you don't have to get. There's there's a whole sheet full of non-alcoholic beverages. Even if you don't get anything, it's must do to go inside. The and it's packed. It I mean, packed. even if you, even if you have to wait in line for whatever thirty minutes, forty minutes, I would argue it's worth it to do if you can't get a reservation. Yeah, this is kind we of we were very point. fortunate. I mean, I mean, you scored a reservation. I scored a reservation. We got a group reservation. Very fortunate. Totally worth it. I mean, do you, I, I don't know if we're, we're going to run long on this episode. I'm kind of looking at it thinking we could have done a whole Galaxy's Edge episode now. But, you know, I think be prepared to spend some money and understand that, you know, kind of a two drink maximum is what they is what they advertise there. And and that can be I think that can be stretched if you're polite. Remember, you, you can get to go drinks at Oga's also. Now, I don't think you can at Disneyland, but you can at Disney World. So that's how we stretched it, right? We got to go drinks. Our, our our bartender or waitress, you know, we were standing at the bar. She was fantastic. She was very Star Wars themed, but would also be pretty honest with us about drinks and what, what would she recommend. The first night I went in there, I told Pete, I think the guy understood that I was just in there checking it out. He was really straight up with me about what to get. I only got, I got one drink and kind of boogied. But it is, it's an experience. One thing I was concerned about was me enjoying the music. And because I was thinking it would just be kind of alienish or, or techno-y. It's techno-y, but it's really good music. And the bar interacts very well. If you've ever been to Trader Sam's, it's like, uh, it's a little similar to Trader Sam's in the fact that people do interact and it's very unique drink offerings. Trader Sam's is still more fun to me, but that's more of a sit down, relax. This is a in and out 45 minutes. You're kind of jacked up. And the music definitely keeps you energized. Yeah, I, I agree. The music the music helps. The crowd's into it. It's packed. Hopefully the power goes out on you. Kind of a unique little show that goes along with it. Now, one thing I'll say about Ogus is that this is not a traditional bar. Everything is pre-mixed. So the, the cast members who are the bartenders are not making drinks per se. Like you can't go in here and order a Jack and Coke. You're, you're, you're stuck to what's on the menu. But I, I think that no matter your, what your tastes are, if you drink alcohol, if you don't drink alcohol, you know, depending on what kind of alcohol you like, if you're a wine drinker, if you're a beer drinker, you're going to find something on this menu that you're going to like. Most of the drinks that we tried, I mean, I don't think anybody disliked anything that we tried, right? No, I mean, I think, we, I think like anything, you had favorites, but nothing tasted terrible. So favorite drink? The Jet Juice. Jet Juice, which is a... It's a bourbon. Yep, it's a maker's. It's a maker's mark. Ancho chili yep, liqueur. Yep, it's. I didn't think I would like it because of the, the chili liqueur or, or whatever it is, but it was uh, fantastic. 
Uh, as the cast member told me, if you, you need to like bourbon to like this drink, so do keep that in mind. Pete, I think I know your favorite, but I'll let you, I'll let you say it. The Fuzzy Tauntaun, by far. It makes your face numb. It makes your face numb. And, and it's, I, I don't know if, I mean, it's a good drink. On, you know, it's, a, it's basically a fuzzy navel. It's a very sweet drink. It is a very sweet drink, but the foam that they put on top, I mean, your, your whole mouth goes numb. And it's just a very unique experience. The other drink that I did get was the uh, Jedi Mind Trick, I think, which was bubbling. We kind of asked them how they made it. It's, it's dry ice and it bubbles through the drink the whole time. There's a non-alcoholic version you can get too. But yeah, I think the Fuzzy Tauntaun was, was by far my favorite. And I think everybody got a little bit of the foam and tried it and, and made their mouth numb. So Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a very accurate representation of what happened there. <laughs> but there's, there's so much theming in this bar from... You know, there's little creatures living in some of the tanks that the drinks are supposedly stored in. Everything is immaculately themed. And and like Tom said, the cast members are in character, but they're willing to break character a little bit to tell you, hey, what's good, what's not. You can ask them questions. And they're pretty they're pretty realistic with you. They don't want you to order something you don't like. I mean, just like any Disney experience. So they'll Well, yeah, try to absolutely. tell you what's what's in it. Or if you say you want something, they may say, Hey, well, just double check do you you know, are you a bourbon fan or are you a this fan? Because they've heard, and this place complaints. is packed. This place is absolutely packed. The, the the bartender that I talked to in the in the afternoon when I went in, I said, I mean, do you guys ever get a slow minute? And and he said, No, never. We're like this from open to close, seven days a week. I do think it'll slow down eventually. I I think so too, but how long is that going to be? It's not a big place. I'll tell you. I mean, my wife and I we were last night actually. I was on Disney app. I've, I've still been working to get a reservation and two popped up, one at 6.50, one at 8.30. And we, we grabbed the 8.30 one, but it was, it's it's one of those things like we agreed it's a must do and and it's been pat. And we, we've been looking for months, I've been looking for a couple months to get this reservation. The other thing I did try there, I did try the Oga's Obsession, which is weird. <laughs> it's it's pretty much jello with boba balls in it. And then it's got like dried fruit and pop rocks on it. It's good. I don't know if it's something I would I would get again. There, there's another similar one on there that has alcohol in it. The Ogus Obsession does not have alcohol in it, so I didn't try the other one. I mean, it's it's okay. I saw some people getting the uh, whatever their bar mix is, which I really feel like they should provide that bar mix to everybody. Look, you're paying 18 bucks a drink in there. They should at least give you some bar mix to snack on. I agree. Yeah, we didn't not, order it. Not charge you 12 bucks for it. Yeah, but it's, it's 10 or 12 bucks. That's right. But overall, good experience in Ogus. I can't complain. We all spent all of our money in there. Disney is just raking in the bucks at that place. They really are. And and you have to, like I said, you need to be prepared to spend money. Uh, it's it's a 45 minute limit in there, which probably, it probably helps the consumer more than it helps Disney because if they would have let us stay in there much longer, we would, we would have stayed. So it would have been ugly. It would have been ugly. Um, but yeah, and then we, we pretty much, uh, Closed out the evening there in, in Galaxy's Edge, right? I mean, we, we went around, we rode Tower Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, came back over to Galaxy's Edge. Made our way to uh, Polynesian. Yeah, tried to go over to Polynesian Epic and get fail. in Trader Sam's. Yeah, that didn't work out. But we did eat uh, eat dinner at Captain Hook's. I think, Is that what? Whatever. Captain Cook's, I think. Captain Cook's. Captain and Cook's. I think we both ate two entrees. Cause, so, we, I think all of us ate two entrees. So I hadn't eaten since since eleven. And I hadn't either. No, that's not true. I did get a, uh, I get did get a Ronto wrap at Ronto Roasters, which highly recommend. Very good. They look gross, but they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that was that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I maybe we'll dive into Galaxy's Edge on another episode in a little more in depth. But that, I mean, I don't know what, what more we could tell you though. It's it's spectacular. It was it was spectacular. 
not as crowded as I thought it was going to be. And, and that's kind of a theme for all of the parks, with the exception of maybe Magic Kingdom on Sunday. I think all of the parks were less crowded than I thought they were going to be, given that Galaxy's Edge is now open. And I don't know if that's a side effect of people waiting for the 50th anniversary. I don't know if it's a side effect of people waiting for uh, Rise of the Resistance to open. I I don't know what's causing that, but obviously Disney sees it. They've got all kinds of specials running right now. They've got half-day tickets running, hotel specials, dining plan specials. Disney sees it too, and I think they're a little bit worried about it. And like you said in the news, they're cutting costs because of that too. So a little bit lower crowd levels than I anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I think when I went to Hollywood Studios Thursday evening, crowd levels were non-existent. And then I went over to Epcot Thursday evening as well. And I told Pete it was definitely more crowded there. Everclear was playing, which they wrote songs like Father of Mine was one of their songs. But it was crowded back in that area, and Food & Wine was was a little more a little more crowded. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I thought crowd levels were were very manageable. We were able to secure fast passes when we wanted them and where we wanted them, and we were able to secure reservations uh, for the most part. But next day was Epcot. Epcot, Food & Wine. Now, I, I think I misspoke because the crowds at Food & Wine were – Absolutely ridiculous. I would agree. Probably the most crowded that I've ever seen Epcot before. And and keep in mind that I've been I've been at Christmas. I've not as bad as Christmas Day or New Year's Day, but very close. And and I want to, you know, we did the standard stuff at Epcot at Future World in the morning, test track, soaring, you know, Mission Space, what you'd expect. And I, I kind of glance over those to to get to kind of the main point I want to make about Epcot is that. As a father, I've got a I've got a two year old daughter. A couple years, we'll be going to Disney World. I don't know if I take her to Epcot because Epcot has become a very rough place. The the crowds are rough. It's the language, and I noticed this Thursday night. I went to the bathroom in China, as you as a listener would know, and you know, I when I walked in, it was myself, and it looked like a father and his two sons couldn't have been more than seven and nine, and they were sharing kind of a family stall. You could hear them trying to navigate, make sure they're all going to the bathroom, and you know, whatever, no biggie. Well, then this group that obviously drink around the world, and again, this is at nighttime. This is 8.30 probably when I was in there. They come in and they say every cuss word in the book and they're talking about the line, the men's bathroom, and they start. I mean, it was it was enough that I, if I wasn't alone, I probably would have said something to them. But also I'm completely stone cold sober and they've had a whole day of, of fun, I guess. And you don't want to, you know, get into a, an incident. But it was, I mean, it was embarrassing. And I hope that they did not realize there was a father with two kids there because what they said was totally inappropriate. And I texted, I think I texted Pete and the group of guys we were going with. And I said, guys, I hope we never act like this because this is just ridiculous. And and look, we go to Epcot for food and wine. I mean, we eat, we drink, we have a good time, but I like to think that we are respectful enough to realize we're at a theme park. This is a, this is a family environment. There are a lot of kids around. You really need to watch what you're saying and what you're doing and how you're acting and what you're wearing. I, I mean, it's 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 very upsetting to see this and and to see. I mean, what's Disney's not doing anything about it? You know, and that, yeah, I think for the most part we're pretty. We we try to stay to ourselves I and mean, we're having a good time, but we also we all love Disney at heart. I mean, that's why we're there, and we don't wear any shirts that indicate anything vulgar. We're all wearing our favorite sports team shirt most of the time or Hawaiian shirts because we think it's hilarious. But it was, it was, I agree. There was, and and I don't, and you know, maybe late in the afternoon, it can get worse on a Saturday, but it was 11 a.m. in Mexico and we went in to get chips and salsa and there was a table that was screaming vulgar things. 
Yeah, to the point where they bothered us. We we couldn't hear each other talk, talking at normal volume, because this group was was screaming obscenities at each other across the whole restaurant. And I mean, yeah, hopefully you wouldn't be bringing kids into La Cava, but it's a again, it's a theme park. You know, it's a family environment. It's supposed to be at least. And so yeah, that 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 just offends me. And I I really hope that there is some action that Disney can take to to dial that back. I I don't know what they do because. Again, these are paying guests. They're paying good money, just like everybody else is, to have a good time. But I think there's a line, and, and I think these people are crossing the line. And it's getting worse. I mean, I think back five, six, seven, eight years ago at Food and, food and Wine, I, I don't remember seeing this. I'm right there with you. No, I think, it's, I think it's gotten significantly worse. I do think Drinking Around the World has become very popular. And, and yeah, I, I think you're right. But again, if you can't handle your alcohol... Why are you going to go to a, a public place and, and do like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I know it's a trendy thing to do. It's a popular thing to do, whatever. But this is a theme park. There's a ton of kids around. But yeah, I mean, I, after my experience at Epcot on, on Saturday, I don't know that I bring my daughter to this, my, you know, my four or five-year-old daughter to this theme park at all. You know, at the end of the day, I, I can remember a trip we went on in December with uh, my, my wife and mom and family and we... You know, my buddy and I surely had our fun, uh, you know, in the World Showcase. But at the end of the day, my wife and buddy went to ride Mission Space and a family said, hey, can we send our daughter with you? And they were nothing but polite to this, you know, this 10-year-old, right? They weren't saying, you know, it was totally a comfortable situation for the parents. And, and I, I just, you hate to see it because sometimes parents will say, hey, you ride, I'll wait at the exit. You have no idea what you're going to, what is going to be said at 7 or 8 Especially at Epcot. Epcot. Exactly. And so that, I'd be cognizant if your parent listens to us. Be aware of your surroundings. I, I would have no problem if you went up and said, hey, you know, to a Disney cast member and said, this is happening. I don't know what they can do, but it was, to me, significantly worse than it had ever been. And Pete and I spent quite a bit of time kind of roaming Epcot, just us two. Our two buddies were, were hanging out in the UK. And we saw it a lot of places. So that that's kind of where, I guess, and, and I know we, we, we probably wanted to spend more time talking about the, the food and wine we ate and drank, but... Yeah, kind of as a disclaimer, be careful taking your family, taking your and, family. And if to you're Epcot. going to Epcot, yeah, if you're going to Epcot and you're going to enjoy yourself, just just be mindful of what you're doing and what you're saying. And remember that there are a lot of kids around, a lot of very young, very impressionable kids around. Just be mindful. Back back to positive, I guess. I mean, food and wine was a great experience. I ate a lot, drank a lot. I don't think I ate anything that I disliked. Had I think I ate three three uh, lobster rolls. I'll tell you the one thing I did not like, and I don't remember what it was called. It was similar to a Balboa, and we got it in Japan. You and I got it. I had like barbecue. Oh, the, the teriyaki chicken in, yeah, in Japan? I didn't like it at all. But outside of that, everything else was fantastic. The cast members were great. Lobster rolls were, were as advertised. I thought they were smaller than the last time we, we had them, but Pete said that was pretty much the same size. They're, they're like a half sandwich. I think Pete, I don't know how many he ate. He had a pile of them in front of him at one point. Well, I thought I was getting one for everybody, and then everybody else showed up with their own, so I just had to... Just had to keep eating. You just had to do it for the team, which I mean, no, no problem. And I would say that the lobster to bread ratio is great here. There's a ton of lobster. They, they don't skimp you out. Uh-huh. It's it's expensive. It's eight fifty ish or eight something like that. But I, I will be worth it. Participating in the lobster rolls on my trip next week for sure. Some of the other highlights. I I did get the uh, warm raclette, Swiss cheese at the Alps. It was okay. I don't know if it was worth. Probably one of the longer lines I stood in that day. I don't know if it was worth the line. The um, in China, I did get the uh, the chink, 
chicken and shrimp, I guess, bao bun. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was very good. I was a big fan of that. I got the Brazilian cheese bread in Brazil. That was also excellent. I would have gone back for that again. And then, of course, the uh, the lobster rolls. I'm trying to think what else. Um, we missed the fish and chips. I, I do know they got yeah, fish and chips after we left UK. We did miss the fish and chips. Um, there were, you know, you get in the heat of the moment, you forget. I missed the, the poutine, the duck poutine. I really wanted to uh, didn't you to get try the, that uh, fillet though in Canada? No, I got the uh, soup. Oh, I got the and cheese I just, soup. Okay, and I just ate some of your bread then. Okay. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah. Overall, Pete's right. You get in the heat of the moment. Like I wanted to eat the cheesecake, and we never even went in there. We never even made it. And you guys were not all about stand. I mean, the lines were long. They moved quickly, but the lines looked very, very long. Yeah, I think we. I think half of us were still taking the basic like get around the world path, and Pete was. More in the, I'm going to wait for some of this, you know, food and wine type food. And then another problem is, and this is selfish on my part. I know I'm going back next weekend. <laughs> I'm going to stand in all there these you go. anyway. Uh, but no, it was, you know, it was good. I think one thing that when you go to Disney with a group, understand it's okay if you split up for 20 minutes and two people go to one line and two go to the other. That Or two hours. That happened. Who knows? In, yeah. Yeah. Pete and I left for two hours, but that happened in Germany as well. They had a new yodeling group. We're going to call that an improvement. I, I think it was an improvement, yeah. They were uh, – it was it was like – it was German rap, really, is what it was. They were good at holding the crowd. When they started to lose the crowd, they went to like – they went to like singing Little Mermaid or something. I mean, it was it was pretty good. But yeah, that was Epcot uh, in a nutshell, I guess. Now, here's one thing we haven't hit yet. Instead of, instead of our typical approach, Pete bought a park hopper this trip, and so we – Obviously, you you heard that he hopped from Animal Kingdom to Hollywood Studios, but he also did it. We did a park hopper from Epcot that evening to Magic Kingdom. That might be the new way to go. Yeah, we we had a good time, and I, we we all kind of got separated. There were four of us on this trip. One of our buddies, we went to go ride Mission Space again. He got on the monorail and and hightailed it over to Magic Kingdom. Tom, I'm not sure what happened to you, but in my head, Tom stuck around. Tom stuck around at Epcot for a while, so. It was just uh, well, okay, so one of our other friends. And as I. an American Idol fan, there was a few American Idol uh, contestants from a couple years back that were singing. And I'd already watched one of the sets. Pete and I had watched it. And Pete's like, all right, let's go. We're going to Magic Kingdom. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay and watch this. And I, and I did. And then I realized 15 minutes in, I didn't want to be alone. So I hopped on the monorail myself and met, and met up with Pete and our other friend at Magic Kingdom. Uh, I, so and I, I do want to give a shout out at this point because um, I said I would. Uh, we we did meet uh, somebody on the monorail that said she was going to start listening to our podcast. So Mary Virginia, if you're listening, um, it was it was good to meet you, and uh, hopefully you'll hopefully you'll continue listening to us. I missed all this. This was one of my 15 minutes of fame in Epcot when I was just kind of hanging out by myself. And but yeah, we w- went over to Magic Kingdom, and you guys watched the fireworks show. Part of part of the fireworks show. You got stuck on the people. Mover? I got stuck on the people mover by myself for about forty five minutes, and Disney gave me the most worthless fast pass ever because the park was closed. But and then somehow we all managed to ride Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Yep, did Space Mountain together, and then a little Disney hack here walked over to the Contemporary and got our Uber home instead of having to do the TTC. Yeah, man, and 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 we used this the next morning going to Magic Kingdom. Also, uh, we we actually Ubered over to the Contemporary and then walked from the Contemporary straight to the main gate of Magic Kingdom instead of going to the TTC. Best decision ever. Saves you having to travel through the TTC. Probably saves you 20 minutes in the morning. If if we had gone to the TTC, there's no way we would have made it before extra magic hours, before the park opened for extra magic hours. As it is, we were a little, we were a couple minutes late, but 
I think we saved 20, 25 minutes easy. Yeah, so this is this is kind of the part of the trip where I got sad because I wanted I, I felt good enough to go to Magic Kingdom and Pete had fast passes for me lined up, but I knew I had a you know, a long drive ahead of me. And so I opted not to go to Magic Kingdom with Pete and they, they had an awesome day, it seemed like. I mean, you wrote a ton of attractions. We did. We did. You know, it was one of those it was the day after Epcot, so it was one of those things where we, we weren't in 100% condition, but uh, but we fought through it. We did ride a lot of attractions, got a lot done, and then headed out. Nothing nothing really too crazy at Magic Kingdom. Again, typical. Did everything we wanted to do. Rode Splash Mountain a bunch of times. Got soaked on Splash Mountain, actually. Completely soaked. Wetter than I've ever been before on Splash Mountain. And I was sitting on the left side. So you were on the... You were on the- you were on the good side. I was. Well, you listen. You know they are. Uh, you don't ride a water ride if you're scared of getting wet. So that's very true. So not a whole lot to talk about at Magic Kingdom. It, it was crowded, but um, that's pretty common at Magic Kingdom. That was it. That was a trip. Uh, flew back Sunday afternoon, and uh, sad, sad we're not there still. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are some some topics. Maybe maybe after I go back to Disney after the next week, we do a full Galaxy's Edge episode and really dive in. I, I don't know. I mean. I feel like we, we did, I don't want to say we rushed over because this is certainly a longer episode, but there's more to explain. Of what, there's, there's, there's a lot, lot there. there. And I think if, if you're going to Disney in the near future or if you're, you're planning a trip for in the more distant future, re- be really excited that, about Galaxy's Edge because it, it seriously is unbelievable to see. All right. Well, anything else uh, to say about the trip? I'm good. That's it for me. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, trivia question and secret for the week. Yeah. So uh, going to the secret of the night here. Did you know there are over 20,000 different paint colors used throughout the Disney parks? However, only one color is so dull that your eyes will gloss right over it. It is called the go-away green, and it's a nondescript shade that can be best described as a light gray mixed with hunter green. It's used on small construction sites and tall buildings in the background. It doesn't make things completely invisible, but it does make them easy to ignore. And there are a few buildings that we know about that I know are painted this, this color. Uh, that's just that's Disney trying to not ruin sight lines and hide things they don't really want you to see. So if you ever hear people refer to the go-away green... Now you know what we're talking about. Going to the trivia question last week, we did have a few people get it right on Twitter. We appreciate you participating. I'll remind everyone the question is, or was, what original Epcot Center attraction used the song, It's Fun to Be Free? It was indeed World of Motion. Uh, We talked about, I think the hint was when that attraction closed and it was an Epcot original attraction. And so uh, that's good. That's good that some folks did get that one. This one will be more of a guessing game, so I'm not looking for... The number exactly, but a rough guess on uh, on a couple of these numbers here. Uh, trivia question of this week. How many total animals, again, rough guess, are in Animal Kingdom, and how many different species make up that total number? So I'm very confident on our number of species, but the total number uh, could be off by a couple. Uh, so again, the question is how many total animals are in Animal Kingdom, just a rough guess, and then how many different species make up that total number? You can tweet us at Mindu WW Podcast or email us at Mindu www at gmail.com with your guesses and we look forward to seeing participation all right well that is all we've got for this week please tune in next week for some more disney magic look for us on the twitter at mendu wdw podcast if you have any suggestions questions or comments please tweet us or email us at mendu wdw at gmail.com if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave us a review it really does help us out thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time we'll see you next week